The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. Today, I am very fortunate to have with me author and filmmaker, Tony Harmon. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be joining you today. Well, we're really excited to have you, and I think the whole world is excited with this whole idea of the microbiome. We seem to be hearing more and more about that, and this is an area where it's hugely important for people who are new mothers, new parents with breastfed babies or with not-so-breastfed babies to really understand what the human biome is. So I'd like to start with that. That's a new word for many people. What exactly is the human biome, or excuse me, microbiome? <laughs> so uh, it is a little bit confusing. The terminology is a little bit confusing because um, it's like a whole new world has been discovered. Um, yes. and, this, and this new whole world is us, <laughs> strangely enough. Um, and it's the kind of microorganisms that live on us, so on our skin, but also in us. So your, um, your viruses, protozoa, bacteria, all these microorganisms live inside us and they are... Um, and there's trillions of them, um, all, uh, and they work in, in harmony with our human cells. So you can think of us as a human being part microbe, part microorganism, part human. Um, and, it's, and scientists are discovering that um, microbes are, are really important for human health. They mm-hmm. keep our bodies functioning, they keep everything moving, um, and um, they help with um, metabolize and they help with our digestion they help with our immune system they help with um, vitamins even um, and particularly it's a really um, the whole process starts at birth and uh, and that's and that it's just this that's what I mean it's this whole new world which I think uh, new parents need to know about because it's so important and could have lifelong impacts on their child's health unquestionably uh, Tony, if you were to guess, when would you say that this idea has become, I'm hesitant to use the word popularized, but you know what I mean. When when did we really start to have a clearer understanding? I mean, obviously, this has been since humankind began, but when did we really start to have a, a clearer understanding of the importance of the microbiome? We've known for about, is, is it? 
Um, we've known about, scientists have known about the microbiome and particularly in the importance of, of around birth for about mm. over 100 years. So it's been a mm. long time. So it's quite established science in that regard. But it's only through what's called next generation sequencing. So high tech sequencing, which really looks at the, the kind of the actual the components of the of the microbes and really can really kind of get a, a, a microscopic view of how they work with, with human health. So it's only been probably in the last maybe five or six years uh-huh, and really, uh-huh. really popular in the last like two or three years. I mean, there's yep. um, hundreds of papers um, produced every what, every year, all about the microbiome, and, it, and it's it's it, it's starting to get take hold within the media, within newspapers. Um, people are becoming aware of um, gut health and the importance of gut health. So, but it's it's kind of getting more and more popular over the last, yeah, definitely over the last decade, but really, really popular over the last two or three years. Well, that's my perception as well, Tony. Uh, I know, for instance, that I teach a 90-hour lactation course for IBCLCs, and I would say it was just about two years ago that I started doing a segment on this human microbiome because I suddenly realized gut health has sort of made its way onto the map, if you will, for teaching about newborns, teaching about breastfeeding, teaching about what what the human gut is all about. So I was just wondering, I thought, geez, you know, this did not happen overnight. And I'm interested to hear you say it's really been like more than 100 years probably, but, but the last decade, uh, people have really started putting out those papers in the last couple of years that it's really filtered down to those of us who frankly don't really think about this every single day. So when and how is the baby's microbiome founded? Okay, so we, we um, I made a film called uh, Microbirth, which actually came out two years ago and I've just written a, a book about um, called the, the, your what, the American version, your baby's, uh, your baby's microbiome. So uh-huh. for, in making the film, uh, we interviewed um, all these amazing professors who have been writing this, have been researching the subject and, and writing these amazing papers. So the, so the question of when the baby's microbiome is seeded, there's some research um, coming out that there's um, the baby in the mother's womb could receive some exposure to microbes, um, a small a small exposure. I mean, the scientists don't know exactly how much exposure and exactly what it means. And that it could be that there's, um, it could uh, be a kind of pre-seeding for the, for the main seeding event. So the main seeding of the baby's microbiome happens during birth, um, but there may be some pre-seeding happening during pregnancy. Wow. Okay. That's so uh, quite interesting. Well, it is because it's, um, there's scientists have, have found uh, links between the. I mean, this is when you can kind of get layers and layers and layers of. of or I find it all fascinating, but you kind of start to dig into it. So scientists have found um, a link between um, women, uh, pregnant women, and their oral microbiome. So their their microbes in their mouth, and yeah. and uh, the microbes find found in the placenta. Um, and the placental microbiome and the umbilical cord and in the womb. So they're thinking that the microbes from the mother's mouth during pregnancy might reach the baby or the baby's womb, um, the mother's womb, um, during pregnancy. They don't know how because um, up until recently it was thought that the 
blood was sterile, but actually they're finding microbes maybe found in the blood. And it could be that they travel in the blood through the mother's um, uh, body and reach the, the baby that way. I mean, so it's all, so, so it's, it's really kind of, there's all these um, puzzle pieces that researchers are finding these different kind of puzzle pieces, but they don't have the whole picture yet. But everything's pointing in the same direction. So there may be, or may not be, a, a small amount of prenatal exposure to the baby during pregnancy. But the main seeding event, so effectively the, the baby receives a massive load of bacteria um, during the birth process while the baby while the mother's in, in labor and the baby is traveling through the birth canal, um, as soon as the, the, the waters break, the amniotic sac ruptures, yes. mm-hmm. that's the moment, that's the big moment when the baby is really exposed to the world of bacteria, the world of us, so the world of, of microbes. And the baby is inundated with bacteria all of a sudden. So the, the bacteria goes into the baby's eyes, ears, mouth, goes, um, it gets squashed into the, the baby's skin. Um, and this is the founding moment. This is what the, the scientists believe is the, the main seeding event, the main founding of the baby's microbiome. Um, and as the baby comes down through the the birth canal and out, <laughs> out the other side, out the other end. Yes, um, uh-huh. it, the, the baby still collects all more and more microbes from the the mother's poo, from the the mother's um, fecal microbes, and that's a really good thing because that's that's exposure to the mother's gut microbiome. So there's exposure from to the mother's vaginal microbes, and there's mother's exposure to the mother's fecal microbes, um, and all of that kind of goes plays into a microbial soup as it were. Yes. Um, uh-huh. and, and, this, and, and this is where it gets really exciting in terms of breastfeeding and how that plays this really integral part. Because within breast milk, which is a beautiful, miraculous, fantastic food, um, there are these things called um, oligosaccharides. They're special oh, uh-huh. sugars. They're special sugars which feed the baby's microbes. And they're kind of matched perfectly with the mother's microbe with, with the mother's microbes the baby would have received as it goes through the birth canal and, and contact with the mother's fecal matter. It's the Tony, perfect mix. Tony, oh, I want to stop you for just a moment. I think I understand the idea of seeding and feeding, and I think that's what you've been talking about. But I'm not at all sure that our listeners will understand that. So for the benefit of all of us and so that we can hear your story in in a clearer head, can you really nail down for us, please, what is seeding and feeding? Seeding and feeding are the two sides of um, incredible human health, as it were, and it all happens during the narrow window that surrounds birth. So seeding is the seeding of the baby's microbiome. It's the baby being uh, covered with bacteria um, at the very early stages in the, in, during birth and the very short period afterwards. Okay. So that's kind of the baby acquiring bacteria for the for well they might have had some prenatal exposure some but essentially for the first time this massive load of microbes that go down into the baby's gut and start um, uh, I don't know uh, kind of populate populating yes. of the yes. baby's gut yeah. okay so that's seeding so okay. feeding so feeding 
is the other side of the coin. And this is the sort of magic. The magic happens. So feeding is where those microbes that are newly seeded in the baby's gut get fed. And they get fed by the special um, uh, sugars that are in breast milk. So it's like this, this um, you know, you've got two puzzle pieces that fit perfectly together. So you have seeding, that's when the, when the baby's exposed to the mother's microbes. And those microbes are then fed by the, by the sugars that are, in, that are in breast milk. And it's so beautiful. Tony- Tony, I think I want to be sure I understand this, and then we'll we'll go to break. On the other side of the break, uh, we're definitely going to talk about what happens when things don't go as nature intended them. But anyway, first question is then, the scientists may or may not have nailed down whether or not the baby gets an exposure during pregnancy, but it is absolutely established that the first true exposure is I'm, now I'm not sure when, when the it's, amniotic fluid bag erupts or when the baby is exposed to the the mother's uh, anus. <laughs> okay, it's it's the moment when the amniotic sac ruptures is what the scientists call the main seeding event. Main seeding so, event. Okay. So so the as soon as the bag of waters break, so bursts open, and that I mean it depends on what, on what happens during the birth process. So for some women, the the, the their waters break early. You know yes. the movies yes. where you see the kind of waters like you know in the middle yes. of a supermarket. Yes. Um, so that from that moment on, the baby is not protected by the amniotic sac anymore. Right. So that that's when the main seeding happens. So the baby baby is exposed to the mother's uh, microbes, um, uh, and. That it would continue when the baby is born. Exactly. So it's not like a moment. That's the the first main moment when the baby starts being exposed to microbes. And from that moment on, as the baby, however long labor lasts, this is what I mean, every birth is different and every birth has, you know, every every story is different. So the scientists believe, and and there's been lots and hundreds of papers of research on this, that the main seeding event happens during this birth process. Um, And I'm not saying that there might be some exposure beforehand, but the main part happens then. And then... um, I'll tell you what, when we come back, I would like to talk a little bit more about that. We need to go to break right now, but do not go away, folks. I will be back with uh, Tony Harmon. We will be talking way more about this human biome and the, uh, the baby... Don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report. 
so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with my guest, Tony Harmon. We are talking about the human microbiome. Tony, before we went to break, we were talking about what that first exposure was. And you said, yes, scientists have now determined that the first exposure to these microorganisms is when the bag of waters ruptures. So I'm good with that. But I want to... Well, I say... It's the first main exposure. There main might be exposure. some prenatal exposure. So just to be clear, so yeah, there yes. might be some, might be some. Uh, the baby might be exposed to some microbes during pregnancy, um, and there's small quantities of microbes. So the main seeding event happens when yes. the amniotic sac Absolutely. ruptures. Okay. So I distinctly remember. Uh, working on a high-risk antepartum floor at Georgetown University Hospital. Um, I was in a staff role, and we had a woman who came in at 14 weeks gestation. Her bag of waters had completely ruptured, and she went, I would say, almost to term, as my memory serves me. I think she went to like 34 or 35 weeks. So that means that her bag of waters has been ruptured for many, many, many weeks, which is, you know, frankly, quite unusual. But how how does that, and you may not know the answer to this, but if scientists looked into what about these prolonged periods, shucks, I can remember other women that have gone several weeks ahead of time, just not that long, but how does that work? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Okay, so uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist. I've, I've not studied this. So the following can only be 
my best <laughs> guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll take so, it. <laughs> okay, so um, as your as the mother's body um, develops during pregnancy, and as the baby develops during pregnancy, the mother's microbiome changes in preparation for giving birth. Uh-huh. And and so certain microbes are supposed to gather in her vagina, in her breast, in preparation for birth. And they're lactobacillus. They're very specific type of bacteria. They're lactobacillus. Yes. Um, they're the types of bacteria that you get in yogurts, in knife yogurts. This is the friendly um, bacteria. Exactly, friendly bacteria, and they're really kind of they're they're supposed to be there because they're the first set of microbes. Um, which are their lactic acid bacteria. And, and this is where it gets fascinating that the, um, their lactic acid bacteria, which lowers the pH, which means that other bacteria don't thrive in low pH, right. which means that um, there's very specific type of bacteria that develop in the mother's vagina. They're the ones that's supposed to um, get passed to the baby during the birth process. And then with exposure to the mum's poo, um, during the birth process, um, they might also have um, bifidobacterium, which is another right. lactic acid bacteria, which is again oh, friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also supposed to be there. So, going back to your example of a mother whose whose waters went at fourteen weeks, which I've never heard of before myself, but no, it is unusual. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I can imagine that um, that baby would be exposed to a different type of bacteria during those kind of weeks before before the baby is born. So the, the baby's microbiome would have been started to be, to be, well, to what started to be seeded from that point onwards. Onwards. And, yes. I, and, and I don't know if that, if that baby, I don't know if you know, if that baby has any kind of long-term health issues because the, the science the, and this is the sort of hypothesis from the scientists that the first, the, the bacteria, this lactic acid bacteria, the lactobacilli, and then the bifidobacterium and other bacteria from specifically from the mother's vagina and from the mother's poo, um, they're the ones that are supposed to be the, the main seeding of the mother's microbiome. And if, um, if you don't have those type of ma- microbes, the immune system of the baby isn't trained optimally. So it mm. doesn't get the best training. So that mm. baby bought, mm-hmm. whose waters break, the mother whose water's breaking the baby at the 14-week example, the baby's immune system might not be optimally trained. So it might respond yeah. to things that aren't... Um, that, so it might respond to like friendly things and might think that they're, they're something to be attacked. And for the immune system to, to uh, take um, you know, hostile things, pathogens, yes. bad bacteria, to accept that as good. So it might just not, not, might not be optimally trained. So I don't know. So that's what the well, theory is. Well, you said something really important here, which is, yeah, I, I sort of didn't figure you'd really know. And by the way, yeah. I did not follow that particular mother, although I have followed others who have had, who have had excuse me, a spontaneous rupture of membranes uh, weeks before, not that many weeks before. But what was important in what you said was that the, the uh, bacteria actually changes uh, in utero. And so that's pretty fascinating. I want to go to the other end, though. Literally, literally the other end. What about the mother who has given birth by a cesarean operation? Then that baby has not been exposed to the mother's fecal bacteria. So how does that work? So a mother, with a C-section birth, 
it depends if the mother's waters have gone before the C-section. So, so with a, a right. so with a mother who's having an emergency cesarean and the waters have gone and she's been in labour for say a couple of hours and then the, the then for whatever reason the the emergency C-section needs to be performed. That baby is likely to have received some exposure to the mother's vaginal microbes from yes. the moment her mother's waters have gone. Okay. Right. So, but that baby would not have been exposed to the mother's gut microbes from contact with the fecal matter. But still, you know, that's good. At least it's had some contact with the mother's vaginal microbes. If a mother has a, um, an elective caesarean or um, a caesarean without medical indication at, you know, 37, 38, 39, 40 weeks. Bad um, water is still intact. And there's indeed no contact with the mother's vaginal microbes and no contact with the mother's um, gut and microbes. Gut. Uh -huh, okay. Not just that. So, so the, the baby hasn't passed through the birth canal and so hasn't been exposed to these microbes. But not just that, the, the mother's likely to be given um, antibiotics for um, the cesarean. Um, and, that, and those antibiotics um, would affect the, the mother's skin microbes, mother's skin microbiome. And if she breastfeeds, it might also affect the mother's breast milk microbiome. Um, so could, the baby could also be impacted by being born by cesarean because of the antibiotics. And there's also, if the, with a, a cesarean birth, that they are they happen in operating theatres in hospital, and the types of bugs. So the baby is likely to be um, the baby's microbiome is still seeded. That's the main seeding event. It's the first main exposure to microbes. But uh -huh. instead of the mother's of the bacteria coming from the mother's vagina and her, her mother's poo, the first main seeding um, it comes from the um, the air of the operating theatre, and uh, researchers, we've, um, we interviewed um, Maria Gloria Dominguez Mello, this fantastic um, professor from New York University. So uh, she's looked at what 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 the, of, of what bacteria first reaches babies born by cesarean, and found that bacteria um, is comes from the skin of other people in the operating theatre. Uh, so it could come from the skin of the the nurse, the midwife, the, um, the surgeon, the anaesthetist, not necessarily from the mother. So it's not just that the, the, the baby doesn't come into contact with the mother's vaginal microbes and, and gut microbes. The first microbes that, that are the main seeding event for the baby's microbiome come from the skin. So for the, the skin of somebody in that operating theatre, plus the mother's being given antibiotics. So... Because of, of um, all these factors, there's research which, which suggests that the, the baby's immune system might not be optimally trained. There might be problems with the immune system. And that's why babies born by C-section, or it could be, this could be explain why babies born by C-section have um, increased risk of certain non-communicable diseases. So are at higher risk of uh, developing asthma, um, type 1 diabetes, being obese later in life, um, celiac disease, and mm. other, other conditions which are being related to or somehow connected with the C-section. So, so it's a complex issue, and this research is, is ongoing. But yes, it's, when, a, when a mother goes for an elective caesarean for no medical indication, 
she might not be aware that actually this could impact the child's uh, developing immune system. And what happens in those that magic moments around birth, they could have lifelong health consequences. Uh, Tony, I would bet dollars to donuts that most mothers do not give that a thought whatsoever. And here in the United States, at least, a mother is considered to have a right to having an elective cesarean, even if she has no medical indication. I am not uh, here to speak for the ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I, I, I don't want to misquote them, but it is my understanding that the obstetrician is obligated to perform that cesarean if the mother wishes. And I would say uh, the understanding of this whole idea of the microbiome and its relationship to cesarean, I would bet that that is not on a standard consent. It's certainly not on any standard consent that I've ever seen, although I am not currently uh, in, in that uh, clinical arena, but nonetheless, uh, it's very fascinating to me. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuso here to bust the myths and clarify a bunch of the facts. I'm with Tony Harmon today. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. I'm really excited to be here today with author and filmmaker Tony Harmon. Tony, before we went to break, we were talking about the whole idea of the birth process and you've alluded a little bit to the breastfeeding, but actually, I'm interested in going in the direction of the not breastfeeding. I understand about the feeding. I understand that the secret ingredients, so to speak, uh, in the mother's milk is these oligosaccharides, which will feed the, quote, friendly bacteria. I got that. But what happens to these babies who, in fact, are never exposed to mother's milk, like like zero Zippo? How, how does that work out with this whole idea of the microbiome? Okay, I am very sensitive to, um, oh, just, I, I know how, some women find it very difficult to breastfeed. Some, some women um, aren't supported well enough to breastfeed. Um, and there's just not enough awareness about this new science that is so strongly supportive of, of breastfeeding. And I don't want to make anyone feel guilty or, um, or to think about their choices. No, but you do that want to have women to, yeah, yeah, but you do want to have women to be informed. I, my whole thing is like just informing women. If if you yeah. if you give the kind of full informed choice, then it's up to them to to use that information. Absolutely, so, that's my stance right there. Yep. Okay, so all of that said, um, the babies that are one hundred percent formula fed receive um, none of those. Um, will probably receive all the nutrition they need. By nutrition, formula milk is a sophisticated product enough so that there's enough of the kind of nutritional needs within the the formula milk to keep their baby alive and to thrive and grow. However, um, right now, um, in breast milk, you have up to 700 species of microbes, not even the kind of oligosaccharides. These are types of bacteria, species of bacteria within breast milk um, and plus these oligosaccharides so right now formula milk has all the nutrition a baby might need but doesn't have these 700 unique species of bacteria um, and it doesn't have the the oligosaccharides so it doesn't have the the food to specifically feed the microbes to help those specific microbes grow and multiply in number Scientists are starting to suggest that if a baby is exclusively formula fed, this could impact the development of the baby's immune system because mm. that it's not feeding. So the, the right microbes are not there and those micro, right microbes are not being fed. And so the, there is bacteria within formula milk, but you don't know what type of bacteria that is. You don't know where that bacteria is coming from. Right, uh, right. And you don't know, I mean, depending where the factory might be, there might be bacteria from, from the air of the factory, wherever that factory might be. Um, and they're not the ones that are supposed to be there to optimally train the immune system. So it could the, there's indications um, to say that if a baby is exclusively formula fed, there 
that baby could be at higher risk of developing these non-communicable diseases. So certain conditions that are not infectious. So um, it's, I mean, you know, it's, but it's tricky because, you know, I, I'm, I fully support every mother's, every mother to have choice. However, that said, um, breastfeeding is such a beautiful, miraculous, fantastic, wonder food that has all the nutrition <laughs> baby needs um, and all the microbes the baby needs and all the, the oligosaccharides, the special sugars there to feed the microbes, to help the baby's immune tra- system train optimally, which, which will last a lifetime. What Absolutely. happens, scientists have, have discovered that the, the, baby's, the baby's microbiome develops and changes um, um, over the first year, two years of life. And there's certain patterns of development um, for, how the, for the, how the microbiome develops. And it happens in a certain, like, almost like waves of, of, of certain microbes are supposed to be there in order to train the immune system and to keep the body functioning. And, um, and these, it keeps on sort of changing and developing until about the age of one or two, depending when, um, it, when a baby is weaned. Um, and then the baby's microbiome stabilizes. And from that time, the, the baby's microbiome is quite similar to what it's like as an adult. So it almost locks in. So that's where the kind of the the kind of if you're going to make a change to a baby's lifelong health, that's the time, that's the window from uh, from birth to those you know age one, age two, um, and that's why it's it's so if if at all possible for a mum to have immediate skin to skin straight away, for a mum to be supported for exclusive breastfeeding. So the science indicates that if a baby is topped up with formula, they they have um, they have it, it's not optimal training. I mean, I, I say this as a mother myself. I had a, my baby, my my child was born by cesarean, and I topped up with formula because I didn't. Mm-hmm. My milk supply wasn't good, so I so I formula fed. Had I known then what I know no, now, now. <laughs> it would have been a completely different story. And uh, and that's kind of what kind of drives me in a way. It's kind of okay making women aware that if they if they can't breastfeed or maybe there's the possibility of donor milk or maybe there's a possibility of, of more support um just you know so even just to get a a little bit of colostrum um after the baby's yes. born that could be just you know just a little bit of those microbes and those special sugars that can now do a massive difference Tony, I, you read my mind because I was just, that's almost spooky that you read my mind so much. But I was just sitting here thinking that for years and years, I, the World Health Organization has said that even a baby who is going to be formula fed should get skin to skin with its mother and have the opportunity to suckle the colostrum immediately after birth, immediately after birth being within the first hour or so. Uh, and it First, I mean, when I mention that to people, they're like, are you out of your mind, Marie? These these kids are going to be formula-fed. Their mother doesn't want anything to do with breastfeeding, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, there's a part of me thinking, it only takes a few minutes. You don't have to breastfeed forever. But that early exposure always made a lot of sense to me because we know that the baby gets the immunoglobulins, those uh, protective antibodies, if you will, that are... Well, 
they're in the mother's milk, as far as I know, forever, but they're especially concentrated uh, in that colostral phase. So I've always been pushing it from that standpoint, but now you're telling me as well that it is also these microorganisms that are so powerful that getting even a little of it, Tony, uh, stop me if I'm putting words no, in your no, mouth. No, there, I'm, I'm, it, I'm nodding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds to me like you're saying that uh, this, this immediate exposure, even if the baby was going to be bottle fed for the rest of his life, or formula fed, I should say, for the rest of its life, the, the, the idea of getting him these uh, friendly bacteria in the first hour or so is is maybe crucial. I, I think it is crucial. I mean, the, you know, there's scientists don't know exactly when the window closes for the kind of the optimal training of the oh. immune system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, they don't know. It could be. I mean, it could be. It's definitely kind of days. I mean, ideally, if a mother was at all, but if she was a supported, you know, so that, yes, immediate skin-to-skin contact as soon as the baby's born, for whether that's the baby's born by cesarean or vaginal birth, um, and for that baby, to, for if the mum can, to bring in something from the home to, to wrap the baby in so it's not just hospital microbe stuff. Right. Uh, so you bring a towel or a, a blanket from the home to wrap the baby in so it's got all those home, lovely home microbes. And the, I mean, ideally to limit the exposures within, you know, those first hours to just the, the mum, the dad or the partner um, or the siblings for those those people that are going to come into contact with the baby. On a regular basis. Exactly. And then to, yeah, I mean, if it's all possible, just to get some colostrum out and do skin to skin and let the baby suckle and lick. And, you know, because by skin to skin, you're getting the, the, the baby's skin microbiome is being, is being seeded with the mother's skin microbes. So, that, so all those beautiful microbes within the, ba- the mother's skin, they get past the baby with skin to skin. And then you've got the colostrum. And so that, those, that first bit of milk mixes with the bacteria the baby would, swallow, would have swallowed during the birth process. And that all goes down to the, the gut and uh, within the baby's gut, um, they, they all start like, proliferating and then seeding. Mm. So, mm. I mean, it, there's a, it's just a beautiful chemistry of what's supposed to happen. And it's a beautiful biological. And this is how we've adapted as mammals. Absolutely. You know, for, for however many years we are old, for however many generations, this is how we are supposed to be born and supposed to be breastfed. And I know, I know sometimes it's just not possible, in which case, yes. I mean, the scientists we filmed have said, well, breastfeed as long as possible, up to six yes. months, maybe two years of breastfeeding. I mean, you know, that within our modern lives today, that can be very tricky, but just as you know, for as long as possible, exclusively. So it could be, oh, go on. I was just going to say, one of the phrases that I use is that it is biologically correct and ideal. It may not be socially acceptable or socially ideal or socially easy, but from a biological standpoint, we are absolutely built to initiate and continue exclusive breastfeeding and hopefully extended breastfeeding as well. Everybody, do not go away. This is also fascinating. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with author and filmmaker Tony Harmon. We will be right back after this short break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed, where we are busting the myths and not only clarifying, but learning a lot of facts about this whole new science that has grown up around the human microbiome. So, Tony, we've talked today about 
the uh, sort of some variations, if you will. What happens if your bag of waters uh, uh, ruptures early? What happens if you have a cesarean? What happens if you formula feed and the impact? So that's all well and good, but we know, you and I have lived long enough to know that those things are going to happen. There are going to be mothers who have an early uh, rupture of bag of waters. There's going to be mothers that have cesareans. There's going to be mothers who formula feed. So what else can mothers do to protect and preserve their baby's microbiome before, during, and after birth? Okay, so during pregnancy, the 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 a mother's microbiome, um, if she has a vaginal birth and if she breastfeeds, that's the microbiome that forms the, her baby's microbiome. So it gets passed from one generation to the next. And um, it goes, so if that baby is a girl and goes on to have children of her own, she will pass that microbiome to her child. So it's this, so it's, it's a really strong sense of maternal heritage. You pass mm. on your microbes mm. just as you pass on your chromosomes to your child. Wow. So that you've got, it's almost like we need to be aware that it's, it's a precious resource and we need to protect it. So what can you do? Okay, so during pregnancy, um, it sounds uh, very simple. Um, eat lots of vegetables and fruit and uh, potentially fermented foods like um, kimchi um, and sauerkraut, um, mm. uh, probiotic foods. So um, I'm not saying talk about probiotics, but I'm saying about like yogurts. Um, kefir is really good. Have a high fiber. So oh, wow. microbes like uh, to eat fiber. So having high fiber foods is really, really good. Um, what else? So um, that's your diet, and, and that's the diet for all of us as adults anyway. Right. Things like um, exercise um, during pregnancy is research about kind of keeping the, it's really good for your microbes to be, to have lots of exercise. Uh, all the stuff that, yeah, all the stuff that you, we all know is, is good for us is really, really good for your microbiome. <laughs> so, um, okay. so diet, exercise, getting exposed to nature. So going for walks in the country, getting a dog is really, is really, really good for your microbiome. No because kidding. Because your dog digs up stuff in the in uh, yeah. the outside world and then they brings know. it out into the house <laughs> and they are microbial like super highways because they take right. that dirt and they <laughs> run around your house and they bring all those microbes in with them and uh, so they transfer it to you so that's really really good gardening you know gardening's really good for your microbiome uh, because it um, uh, again getting those kind of microbes from the dirt from the from the soil and bringing them into your into your house into your house and into into you potentially if you touch your face with your with your gardening hands um not using a dishwasher washing up by hand so there's loads loads of things that you could do whether you're pregnant or not pregnant um and for a child i mean so if a child um has been born by c-section or has been formula fed uh you know, I mean, I having interviewed all these scientists from around the world, uh, I've got to embrace dirt <laughs> and uh, to ditch the kind of to ditch the antibacterial products, to um, only take um, antibiotics when necessarily medically necessary. But yeah, to just be be dirtier and to enjoy that dirt, um, you don't have to use antibacterial products everywhere. Um, it, it just not be so hygienic. I mean, there's there's hygiene in terms of you know if you've got uh, a chopping board and you've got raw chicken, obviously you need to be sure. really really careful. Yes. But then there's yeah. kind of just not being obsessively clean. 
the, you know, so all of the kind of exposures, being a little bit dirtier is really good for your for your microbes. Well, I'm just so, chuckling here because I'm thinking about uh, my mother who was obsessively clean and my father who has said this more than once when I was a kid, oh, for heaven's sakes, she's got to eat a pound of dirt before she dies. <laughs> and, you know, now you're saying that eating a pound of dirt before you die is not a bad idea. Honestly, if it's, if it's, as long as the, the dirt was kind of good quality dirt and you didn't sure, have any kind of pesticides sure. or herbicides yeah, on it. Right, right, but, oh, right, yeah. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about pica here, but anyway, uh, the uh, the idea that those, I, I think, Tony, all of what you've talked to us about today, really, you're bringing it full circle, which is the more amount of exposure that you can have to these microorganisms when you are able to fight them off is better. Is that kind of the message? I just think that uh, we need to reconnect with nature and part of nature nature is is the microbiome and um the kind of microorganisms that live on and in us and live on and around us in nature we're surrounded by microbes every day in fact you have a halo of of billions of microbes as you walk into a room imagine a kind of a three foot kind of halo of microbes all around you you take that's that's all around everywhere everywhere you go you walk into a room you leave your microbial presence in the room so i just think we've just got to start learn to love our microbes and learn to to embrace it and it, and particularly um important time is during sort of pregnancy birth and breastfeeding because you never get a second chance to to sort out your immune system well that's for sure tony we only have a minute or so left uh can you tell us why should someone read your book or watch your film so we made our uh, microbirth film so some people access sort of information in different ways so Check out Microbirth if you like documentaries. It's now a long documentary. Read our book, Your Baby's Microbiome, which comes out in America in February. Because um, it just goes into this in much more detail. And it's all it's just the scientists themselves explaining in a really easy to understand way kind of why this is all so important and why this potentially could impact the health of future generations. That is hugely fascinating. I know that many people today have learned some new words, some new concepts, have gotten some real practical tips about how they can help themselves, their babies, and as you pointed out, even to help future generations, which is just absolutely mind-blowing anyway. Author, filmmaker, and woman par excellence, Tony (laughs) Harmon, (laughs) thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. That was a really good, fun chat. That's great. Oh, good. Well, that's what it's meant to be. I'm so glad. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today and for enjoying all of the words and good advice that we've gotten from Tony. I would like to invite you all to come back next week. Now, if you're interested in Tony's book, I will try to feature it on my own website, although it is not available here in the, in the uh, U.S. I'm not exactly sure how that will work, I would, will admit, but we have an Amazon affiliate store where we will be featuring Tony Harmon's book sooner or later. It's Just on visit Amazon, Amazon pre-order. You can pre-order on Amazon right now. As well. Oh, good. All right. Okay. Uh, it should be there then. So visit us at borntobebreastfed.com and also feel free to visit our Facebook page. If you have a question for me or for Tony or any of our other guests, please, well, 
leave us the question, but like us while you're there. Now, if you're a professional and you're interested in looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources, as well as my blog and much more, are at my professional website, and that would be breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, professionals, breastfeedingoutlook.com. Parents born to be breastfed.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember your baby was born to be exposed to those microorganisms and born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do what's best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.